everyone. Welcome to There's a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Each week, I talk about the difficult situations we face by peeling back the layers of politics, education, and culture. Today is March 27th, 2021. Let's see what we got to talk about. First of all, let's start off with the Democrats on the national level, the Senate particularly. What bothers me is how they are like holding back on whether or not they're going to get 60 votes to pass any type of legislation like the Voting Rights Act, um, more stimulus package, things of that nature. What they need to start doing, I mean, they being the Democrats, they need to start just getting an official record of all of the Republicans that are rejecting or voting against bills and using that as leverage in the midterms, in the next presidential election, next Senate races, everything, state level, everything. They need to just stop trying to force Republicans or I guess capitulate at the will or even just, I guess, cater to some sense of humanity that Republicans have because it's not going to happen. It's just it's just simply it is not going to happen. What you need to do is start putting things on the floor and have these people reject it. That way you can have an actual record. You can allow for the American people to actually count and see for themselves why Republicans are rejecting bills that would benefit the American people overall. Same thing with this Voting Rights Act. You see what these states are doing, what these red states are doing. Stop fucking around with these people and put this stuff. If it don't get passed without this filibuster situation, then have the Republican Party in the midterms that actually reject it and actually explain themselves. While on the same level, put these restrictions that are being utilized that are unconstitutional by states such as Georgia, which just passed State Bill 202 that basically implemented 250 voter restrictions and voter suppression laws that will hinder individuals. And, and, and let, me, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. This bill does not hinder individuals from voting. I think what people are mistaking is there's a difference between hindering somebody from voting and making it easier for somebody to vote. Now, when you start doing things like, say, stripping the powers from or what they did, I shouldn't say when you try. No, they stripped the powers of the secretary of state from actually having final confirmation of an election outcome and placing this authority in the hands of the state representatives. Yes, that's 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 a voting right hindrance. That's one party trying to manipulate and make sure that everything is going to go in their direction. That's that's 
that's foul. That's fucked up. But at the same time, they can do this. The only way you're going to try to regain this is people have to get off their ass and they have to vote. There's no reason why a state like Georgia should be so red, which it irritates me when they keep saying, oh, Georgia is blue. Georgia is not a blue state. Just because they have two Democrat U.S. senators, Georgia on the local level, Georgia is a Republican state and people do not understand when a party controls something on a state level, that that's where the power is at. When I hear people say things like, well, we don't vote on the state, on the local level, state level, whatever, because that's not worth our effort. Dumbass, do you not realize that is what it, it starts at the bottom and it works its way to the top. So now you got situations that when you get to the midterms in Georgia, what we're going to have is any type of close call, any type of hindrance that even if Democrats win, if it's a toss up and the Republicans are in charge, they can just say, hey, it's ours and there's nothing you can do. But when you look at a bill that has 250, 250 restrictions, and I mean, it's trivial shit. Now, there's some major shit in there, too. But when you say that it is against the law for somebody to give people water, you know, yeah, I get it. Well, I won't say I was going to say elections are like November, December. But like I said, this is hot Atlanta. So, of course, and I remember when I went to the um, polls and it was November, but I remember it was hot as hell that day. I mean, just you can't give a bottle of water to people standing in line because these things Well, first of all, they're going to make the restrictions to make the lines longer with the hope that this is going to frustrate people and this is going to make them give up and quit. And the sad part is they should not even have no type of inkling that they have control over people like this. Why is it that white people can come to the polls on a Tuesday and sit, stand in line from start to finish, but for some reason, people of color, we got to have, you know, Sundays, you know, the so-called souls to the polls, and we got to have ballot boxes all over the place and all of these limitations and restrictions that they know that they can take away from us. See, when you give somebody authority over what makes your life easy, what makes your life comfortable, why would you be surprised when they say, I'm going to take it away from you, especially if taking it away from you is going to give them upper hand against you. So when are we going to understand that we should have the mindset that if an election is on, let's say it's on a Tuesday, that's when everybody come out. When you can stand in line for hours and hours to express your God-given rights as a citizen of the United States, a citizen of the state of Georgia, 
and they see this and they see that you're not wavering, they're not going to fuck with you on these other issues. They're not going to take you, you can't take away from me what I'm not utilizing in terms of coming out on a Sunday. Yes, I get advanced voting, things like that, early voting. I get that. But if they're saying that to do early voting, you got to have this, that, and the other thing, okay, you got to make sure you have it. But see, when they know that they can hinder you and restrict you, and we're going to sit there and complain, oh, my God, they're taking all our stuff away from us. Because you got to realize, 250 restrictions, that will cause suppression. Think, I mean, go back to Stacey Abrams when she ran for governor. This Brian Kemp, the current governor, was secretary of state. This motherfucker had a voter suppression list that pretty much gave himself the election. It was unethical for him to even still be in the position of secretary of state and run for governor at the same time, but he didn't give a damn. And the sad part is Stacey Abrams did not lose by a large margin. It is no doubt that Stacey Abrams would be the governor of Georgia if, in fact, Brian Kemp didn't utilize his powers as Secretary of State to suppress votes. But at the same time, the motherfucker knew he couldn't beat her. Without cheating, he knows it. When they sit there and say stuff like, we are the, the choice of the angelicals or we are the we ought to read the party of God. If they knew this, they would not be fearful. They wouldn't have to put all these rules in to restrict people. But so when you see that they're doing this, when are we going to realize the power that we have is real? But when are we going to realize we got to get past allowing them to restrict us. One of the things that just intrigues me is with these restrictions is we as black people, we got to stop making, you know, making excuses in regards to how this truly impacts us. Because you got to realize this state bill 202 does not stop us from voting. What this bill does, it limits certain accesses that was in place to make it more convenient. That's all it did. You know, people are saying, okay, ballot boxes, you know, they might be taking up different ballots. So there's now not a ballot box on every corner. Or there's certain locations that might have been put in place for voting to take place and it may be taken away. But when you think about the things that we do, that we want to do, the distance we go to get from one place to another, and we won't do the same type of action when it comes to voting. I've seen motherfuckers at McDonald's that would go through the drive-through and come back five, ten minutes later, raising pure hell because their french fries 
are cold. And I'm thinking, dude, you mean you took off and you came back irate because your fucking fries were cold? Now, what if that same person had the same enthusiasm in regards to voting? I've seen women at the nail salon just go into details about the colors that they want their fingernails and toenails to be pointed. But we won't take that same initiative in regards to voting. Or when you say to a person, who's the mayor of the city that you live in? Who's your state rep? Who's your state senator? They get mad. They get offended. Like you really, you know, like you trying to embarrass them and they don't realize it is embarrassing that you don't know these things. So now they're talking about taking Sunday votes. You know, and of course, these things are intended to hinder black people. Such things like the voting on Sundays, the souls to the polls where black people would leave the black church and they would go straight to the polling place. But with all these black mega churches in Atlanta, why isn't it set up for a church to be a polling place? Why is it that we have to have a football arena or some, you know, piggly wiggly grocery store? Why can't these so-called mega church ministers allow for I guess I don't know what it takes to set up a polling place, but living in certain areas, I see it in the white communities. I myself, I have voted in a church. I have voted in a almost like a recreation center with the swimming pool and all the whole nine yards. I've seen this in certain areas. Why can't this be done in the black neighborhoods? Why is it that I guess the city councilmen or the aldermen or whatever they want to call themselves in the black communities. Why is it such issues to get the same devices that white communities have? I mean, do the machines cost more for black people? How how is it? Why is it such a disparity between a setup for Black neighborhoods versus white neighborhoods. And I would, I would love somebody to please help me out on this. Because when I hear a number of black people saying things like, well, the 250 limitations and restrictions are here to hinder people of color. And I'm like, yes, I get that. But the bottom line is, it is not here to stop people from voting. And I, I, I just don't understand that. I, like even like ID, people keep saying, well, you got to have ID. You should have ID as an adult individual over the age of 18. You should have you should have some type of ID. But what I can't figure out, you know, the Republican Party, you know, their values. Hell, they don't give a damn about white people. The only problem is they spew that racist rhetoric that 
broke ass white people love to hear. So that's why they tolerate them. But they don't give a damn about their own. So you think they care about your voting rights? You think they would not do anything that's going to keep them in power? Do you understand that all they are about is that dollar? They support mega businesses. They support McDonald's corporations, UPS corporations. So some small mom and pop burger shop, some small mom and pop mail outlet. They don't give a rat's ass about those places. But yet, and that 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 business might be owned by a white person. That white person don't they they don't give a damn that they're voting for people that don't care. But when it comes to a state like Georgia, it's really an even split. So when you have one group of basically black people that vote 95% Democrat, yeah, they got to take that away. They know what that means. So they know that they can do things like, I remember, you know, I can remember when I used to work with the NAACP and it was election day and it would start to rain and we'd be like, oh shit, you know, they ain't going to come out for the rain. But then you go to the white neighborhoods and they standing out there right in that pouring rain. But us, oh God, we, you know, you got, you got to look at stuff like that. Is it going to rain? Is it going to snow? Or is it going to be too hot? Stuff like this to express and exercise your God given rights to vote, to have issues that are pertinent for yourself. After the election of the two senators from Georgia, you couldn't help but notice how people looked at Georgia for a brief moment. First of all, they kept saying that dumb shit that Georgia's a blue state, but even how they were saying things like how black people stepped up and black people need to be recognized. But you have to understand, yeah, the Democrats were sitting there saying this shit. But see, the Republicans were sitting there, they were seeing this shit, and they were like, yeah, we got to do something. So immediately, immediately, they went to work. And while we sitting there still saying how Georgia's a blue state, white folks were like, no, we're going to fix this. And I mean, they went hardcore. People don't understand. The clock is running out on our democracy. We are at the point where right-wing conservatives are trying to pick their voters instead of allowing for the voters to pick them. Okay, another issue I wanted to address was the um, Biden administration. I don't understand, and you know, again, you know, I'm a layman type person. I'm probably speaking naive. I don't understand how $86 million has been allocated to the U.S. Immigration and Custom Enforcement, based known as ICE. This money was appropriated for housing migrant families and building these hotels after they crossed the U.S.-Mexican border. However, 
We have veterans that are living in the streets. We have people that have served this country that are homeless. I just I don't I don't get that. You just drop $86 million just like that. And I mean, I'm not trying to sound inhumane, but and you know, yes, I'm biased. I am an ex-Marine. So I'm yeah, I'm biased. And you know, I'm I'm doing good. Now I've had my moments. There have been times where there were close calls. I could have easily been sleeping on a park bench. I could have easily been suffering from post. Well, I won't say I, I probably am suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. But at the same time, I have the ability to keep moving forward. I have the support that people reach out, hold me by my hand and push me along. But at the same time, there are so many that don't have this. And I don't understand how we drop $86 million for foreigners. And I'm not into that close the borders, build the wall bullshit. No, I believe, and I, and I, you know, and I'll get into the second part with um, my views on uh, people coming to the country. But I just, I, I believe that if an individual has fought for this country, bled for this country, they should not have to pay rent. I mean, hear me out. They should not have to pay rent. They should get some type of food voucher, a lot, basically food stamps. They should not have to pay for utilities. And when I say housing, I ain't talking about no boarding house or no group home bullshit. I'm talking about when you go to an apartment, it should automatically be subsidized. When you put that you was a U.S. veteran and you was a combat veteran. And I, I, I really want to say all veterans, but I'll just I'll stop short of saying combat veterans where on your DD-214, it says that you have a combat action ribbon. You have fought for the United States. To me, once that is on your DD-214, you should be able to take that form to any apartment complex, any rental agency, and be able to get, maybe have a cap, I don't know, Apartment can't be no more than, I guess, based on the number of people. Maybe for one person, it might be $800, $1,000. Because to, to me, you shouldn't even be in a low-income area. It shouldn't be in no slum area, nothing like that. It should be in a nice, decent area. But they should not have to pay rent. Uh, let me rephrase that. We should not have to pay rent. We should get a monthly food voucher. We should not have to pay utilities. And I'm talking about gas, electric, throw some damn cable in there. Even if it's basic internet, basic cable, 20 channels. We should not have to pay for this. And without a doubt, we definitely should get free medical 
just like going back to myself, you know, served, connected to the VA, which I prompt every veteran, please register with your local VA hospital. Trust me, them benefits are there and they're not being used. I had open heart surgery. It's going on two years. The bill was damn near half a million dollars. I did not pay one dime. When I came out of the hospital, I was on 24 different types of medication. Grace of God, I'm only on five. But to this day, I have not had to pay for my medication. That's because I am a veteran. However, I do work. I have a job. I did go to college. I did get a degree and I do have a career. But at the same time, there are so many of us. There's, and it's not about not having the opportunity. There are so many combat veterans whose minds are broken. They don't even know how to step in that direction. Not only just with the, the housing situation, they should be subjugated to counseling. And when they get a diagnosis, they should receive free therapeutic counseling for life for as long as it take. All of this stuff should be paid in full. And personally, because a lot of people don't know when we go to combat or when we're overseas, we don't pay taxes. A lot of people don't realize that. I don't understand why aren't we exempt from paying taxes? I, hey, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be greedy because I don't pay for taxes for um, my vehicle. I don't pay for taxes for my um, tags because I have military tags. I don't pay taxes on that. But I mean, come on now. I mean, you're saving me, what, $200 a year? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll take that $200. But still, we should not have to pay taxes over, you know, and, I, and I'll go, I'll, I'll meet them halfway. If you make under a certain amount, same thing, you know, with this, I guess with the stimulus package, I think if you, you're single and you make $99,999 or less, you're entitled to a stimulus package or stimulus, some stimulus money. Okay. I'll give you that. If you make over a hundred thousand dollars, yes, you should start paying some taxes on that. And even then it still should be a whole different bracket. But to me, it, it don't matter if you fought for 24 hours. These benefits should be rendered to you for life. But I just do not understand. When I read this, $86 million, just like that. But we got homeless veterans. We got veterans on the street, living under bridges, eating out of trash cans. Or you even got veterans that are like making minimum wage, working poor. This, those, to me, those are oxymorons. How, how does that happen? I, I, I just don't, I don't get that. And then, you know, to even kind of piggyback, not to change the subject totally, but when we look at stuff like spending $86 million for housing migrants, 
But what we need to focus on is when we go to countries like Afghanistan, Iraq, you know, all these other countries in the Middle East trying to fix their infrastructure, which in most cases we we cause. I don't understand why nobody wants to address the fact that countries in Central America, you know, Mexico, all these places like, you know, in North and South America. Why isn't it that people are not talking about the structure of government that these countries have that are forcing people to come here? People fail to understand the average person born in another country do not want to leave their country. Not, not, especially not for wealth. It's, it's probably a dream to be able to be successful in your native land. But to say that you got to uproot yourself, you got to send your children to another country, not understanding what could possibly happen just because you want to be safe or you feel that you would have a better chance the average human being, that's not what they want. You think the average Mexican wants to leave? You think the average African, anybody, you think that they want to leave their homeland to come to the United States? No, they don't want that. In most cases, these countries are, they're fucked up. The government, the stuff that we see on TV. And I always tell people, as, as a military personnel, I spent a number of years overseas. I tell people, you do not understand the world until you go overseas, especially in a military environment. I'm not talking about going to France and London and Spain and stuff on a vacation and you looking at the nice spots hell everywhere got the nice spots there are places in atlanta i can show you that hey it's not so nice but until you go overseas and you see the back streets then you get an idea you get a concept of why people are risking their lives putting sending their children imagine putting your children in the hands of total strangers with the hope that they're going to get your child to a loved one because you realize that what is in your country, your homeland that you was raised in, your child will not have any other opportunities. Your child will only be on the same level that you succumb to. And that, yeah, that's that's that goes against the laws of human nature. It is designed for every generation to advance than the previous generation. But you have countries where not only do they they don't advance, some of them they go backwards. So when you're a parent and you see that there's no hope for your child to advance or be worse in a worse situation than you are and you have nothing. 
I mean, how do you deduct something from nothing? That's that's got to be that's got to be hard. So why is it that we're so busy dropping 86 million with building hotels and not dropping 86 million to fix infrastructure? And I mean, it, for places like Mexico and Central America and all these places, the number one remedy to, that would probably change everything, you got to legalize marijuana. It's plain and simple. I swear to God, if you legalize marijuana, the whole world would change. There would be such a dramatic shift in how countries are structured. I mean, it just, and in my opinion, in regards to the United States, the, the, the authorities know this. They know what could happen if they legalize drugs. But at the same time, they also realize how much money would be just would evaporate from law enforcement. The money that is in the prison population, the money that is put towards defense. All you got to realize it's probably more money in fighting drugs than there is if they just legalize it because everything would just fall into place. It's the same thing. It's, I mean, same thing with the United States. If you change some of the laws and get rid of certain things that just, like you said, people hate to use the term defund the police. Which, you know, of course, you know, they don't allow for the um, Republicans to hijack it. I still think it's a perfect term. But however, when people hear the word defund and again, the, you know, Democrats allow for the Republicans to hijack it. And pretty much when they hear the word defund, it means like to get rid of, which is, you know, it's bullshit. But at the same time, this is this is how weak the Democrats are. They sit there and let. The Republican Party take their terms and not only take it, they twist it and they throw it back at them and they make a term that should be positive. They fuck it up so much to the point where people are like, you can't you can't even utter these words. Defund the police. Yeah. Defund the police. Take all those millions and put it in programs that would render the police departments useless or curb crime. But see, that's it. People fail to realize they don't want to do this. And see, uh, the American people, they can't fight them. Why, why would a police officer not want peace? Because if that was the case, the motherfucker won't have a job. It's that simple. People, people don't understand. If you fuck around and get rid of crime, you're going to put yourself out of a job. I, you know, I remember the movie, the Batman movie, the third one, where they were saying how the mayor was going to get rid of um, Commissioner Gordon because he was 
a war crime police chief. There was so much peace that he he wasn't needed. So pretty much the mayor like, okay, I don't need you. Bye. Think about that. You know, it's like, oh, you going to a supermarket and you see the self-checkout. See, the worker is like, oh, yeah, this makes my line shorter. It gives me a break. But I'm like, do you not realize that that machine is taking your job? When you see the, the checkout lines, it might be 10, 10 cash registers and only three are open. I mean, think about it. when the last time you seen a store where all the cash register lines were open, but those self-checkout, they banging. But see, the person, the people that work at the grocery store, they're like, yeah, this is great. This, you know, this gives me some relief. And I'm like, do you realize that that machine, those self-checkouts are taking your job? They don't they don't get it because on top of just being ignorant, we're some lazy motherfuckers. So, you know, I can stay on that soapbox all day. But either way, well, another thing I wanted to um, address, I noticed that I put stuff on my Facebook page and there are other groups that I, I um, post things with. What I would like to address, and I guess this to my white audience, I don't understand when somebody of color say that white people need to speak out more about the atrocities that other white people are inflicting on society, why does this get white people so upset? Why do they become so defensive? I mean, we look at we look at the shooting in Georgia and you know how they are just still trying to defend and justify that this perpetrator, this murderer, was not targeting these businesses because they were Asian. They still trying to say he was trying to squelch his sexual appetite. And again, you know, even like this to, to this day, to this day, since that, mur- that, that, that murder took place, they have not once used the term premeditated first degree murder. They so busy trying to focus on justifying his his reason, but they have not addressed the fact that no matter what, he committed premeditated first degree murder. And it's the same thing that took place in Boulder, Colorado. There was 12 people, I believe, that was, uh, I think it was 12, 10 or 12, I'm not sure. But gunmen go in and this guy was um syrian he was a syrian american but see one thing that they have not addressed with his situation which is interesting i think this took place last monday and yesterday friday they had his ass in court already which you know the guy in georgia you i mean you haven't heard nothing since that cop made that statement, that fucked up statement about he's basically saying that, you know, basically quoting to us what the killer said. 
And then they found paraphernalia that indicated that he was trying to say that the COVID virus was the China flu or Kung flu and all that dumb shit. Yeah, you, I mean, they, you haven't heard anything connected to that. But God kills 12 people on Monday and on Friday, he's in court. Imagine that. But see, another thing what people don't realize, nothing, and correct me if I'm wrong, you have not heard nobody say this guy targeted white people. Nobody has said, said this. All 12 of those individuals, to my knowledge, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the faces, I'm looking at the names. All 12 of these people were white. So that gives you the incentive that this individual in Boulder, Colorado, bought his weapon, premeditated murder, and went into that grocery store and targeted all white people. Now, I don't know that area of town. I don't know if it, it just that day was white people. And I'm not trying to make light of this, but. I cannot imagine a grocery store in the middle of the day not having no other individuals of color that either are shopping or working there. And I mean, if he just just went there and just started spraying bullets because he had a, he had an AR, but I, you know, I don't get it. I, this guy went in there and he targeted white people. And that is something that the authorities, they do not want you to focus on. But that's a fact. It's the same thing in the Georgia shooting. He sat there and target Asian individuals and the guy in Colorado targeted white individuals because that would give the incentive that people of color are starting to retaliate. And this is something that they do not want to promote. You have a shooting, it's almost as if you're gonna say, if you kill this group of people, on Monday, on Wednesday, we're going to kill the same group of people that shot the other group of people. So basically, a white man kills a group of Asians. So a person of color is going to kill white people. They do not want that to be in the mindset of anybody. Because it's a matter of time. And I've always said it. You know, this is the classic example of Malcolm X term. The chickens are coming home to roost. And see, of course, they don't want you to they don't want you to have. They don't want you to have that type of mentality. They don't want you to even contemplate that type of mentality. And see, people, people don't get it. When you ask white people, 
Why don't you speak out against these atrocities and you get upset? Yeah, you know, you got white people that are say, well, Donald Trump was this, Donald Trump was that. But you never really heard them really just vehemently down Donald Trump. You really, you really hadn't. Not the way white people spoke out against Barack Obama or the stuff that you hear white people are saying about Joe Biden, the vile and nasty stuff that they're saying about Vice President Kamala Harris. You know, this is just the sick stuff. You don't see that. You don't see white people saying, oh, I got to distance myself from you from saying stuff like that. You just you don't you don't have it. And see, people have to understand that. You 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 got to stop waiting for white people to correct white people because white people are not going to correct white people. You know, I use the scenario that if a person dog keeps shitting on my yard, it is the dog owner's responsibility to curb their dog, not the owner of the yard that the atrocity is being inflicted upon. But however, do not get upset when the owner of that yard that the atrocities are being committed against come out and put your damn dog down. Don't get all upset. Now you see somebody such as the Boulder, Colorado situation. There's no doubt that man targeted white folks. And I, you know, not to advocate for violence, but you can't keep doing these things and not expecting some type of retaliation. I've always used the metaphor. You keep poking the bear. That motherfucker going to wake up. And when he wake up, shit, he going to go bear on your ass. I'm just saying. Last but not least, I want to talk about Derek Jackson. First of all, I don't even like the motherfucker because I look at how he spelled his last name, Jackson, J-A-X-N. That's crazy. Jackson is probably one of the most popular black names out there. And he going to abbreviate it. But, you know, let me let me start. Let me say this. I believe that there are some occupations that you really are ordained to do. You know, I think, you know, and I know people want to say, you know, the word ordained should be, you know, exclusive to the ministry and all that stuff. You know, I myself, I'm a treatment consultant, you know, the title treatment consultant, therapist, case manager, mentor, you know, my titles, they vary based on the insurance. My thing is that it has never been my intent to have individuals to use me as a crutch 
to the point where they cannot think without me or cannot move forward without relying on me. However, there are a number of individuals in occupations such as the ministry, therapy, medical, you know, motivational and spiritual speakers that they mislead people. They mentally and physically abuse people, ridicule people for the sole purpose of building a following so that they can stroke their egos and build wealth. See, in my opinion, this goes against the universe. And when I say the universe, God. And when I think of these individuals such as Derek Jackson, Steve Harvey, the advice that they are giving people, they do not understand the damage. And I shouldn't just say Steve Harvey. I mean, ministers, you know, I think one of the most vile things is to come in the name of God and to deceive and mislead people. To me, that's just, that's, that's an abomination against God. But even such as, you know, a therapist who gets a person to open up and they mislead them. And, you know, cause I mean, yeah, I mean, in my field, we're constantly having ethics training and, you know, sometimes I'd be sitting in there like, why the fuck do I have to do this? What creepy, crazy motherfucker that they're getting information from that, I guess, prompt them to have to say things like this. But it's out there. I mean, you know, it, it, it's out there. You know, the thing is, I'm, I, you know, and I, and I try to tell people I'm not a religious person, but I am a God fearing person. And I just believe that the same God that inspires those individuals is the same God that gives the people that are on the receiving end. He gives them the same knowledge. It's just people put ministers and therapists and these, you know, gurus, they put them on this high speaker when really you have that same knowledge. All you got to do is just just find that quiet place within yourself. If you just take the time to yourself and just meditate, the answers that you're asking these individuals is going to come to you. Like I said, when I consult individuals, I prep them so that they can find the answers for themselves. I put it, I, I always just say, I'm not going to tell you what to do. In fact, whenever anybody has ever been counseled by me, the first thing I always tell, ask them, okay, what are you seeking for me to do for you? What is it that you're trying to accomplish? What have you tried? Let's move forward. Let's, we're going to do this together. It's never one-sided where I talk, 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 and they listen, 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 listen. It never 
You, I won't even keep a client that if all they want to do is for somebody just to come and spew things at them. And I've, I've been in situations where a person is like, I just need for you to tell me what to do. I need for you to just, you know, counsel me. I need for you to got you got the wrong person. And the sad part is there are people they love that. I mean, there are clinicians. They love clients like that because they don't want to be challenged. They have opened up their little books that they got in college and a person might be diagnosed with depression and they go through the steps. See, I'm, I'm not that type of person. Put like let's, let's put it like this. If I'm servicing you, and that's how I see it, I'm servicing you. I'm your servant. I work for you, but you best believe you going it's, it's like it's like weight training. You gonna exercise. You gonna put in that work. We gonna resolve and help you get back on your feet together. So that's why you know when people fall for these 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 individuals that are telling them what to do and they take it they take it 100%. You know, I I never really listened to Derek Jackson. I never, you know, I I remember Steve Harvey's been around so long. I've heard some of the things that he said. And I just, you know, I just shake my head because I'm like, hey, everybody got to get that stay hustle. But I just never, I just don't get when you say you do this or you do that and this is going to help you to accomplish this or you're so quick to even give people advice. Because let me let me say this. One of the things that I've always been skeptic is that person, not only are they quick to give people advice, but they have to berate other people or they see other individuals do things and they feel that it's their place to berate that person to make themselves look great or to make their point. And see, another thing, let me let me say this. When you're counseling, and th- this is funny, this is one of the reasons I do not counsel couples. And I really don't, I'm not big on counseling children because there are key components to this. To me, when you counsel an individual, let's say if another man came up to me and said, hey, I want your views on how to get some such and such things. Again, I still address that person based on my views, my values. And I'll say, this is what I'm doing. And the person might say, oh, I do the same thing. So now this person, now we have things in common. So I can say, okay, well, if you are doing these things that I do, this is another thing that you can try. But when you are paired up with a couple, to me, when that same person that I just addressed that say, hey, we could be, you could be my doppelganger, but this person has a woman beside him. And he's like, well, can you address my woman and me? I'm like, absolutely not. Because 
you are now a whole different entity. Being with a partner is like having a child that you come together. Your DNA change. What I might do in regards to my relationships, it may not work for a person. You know, I'm with the person, they, I open the door. If I'm around, they never have to open the door. We pray together. These things sound decent. They sound like what you should want, but you might be with a woman that don't want that. And I can tell you now, from my own point of view, I don't want to be with a person that would not want me to do those things because that is me. I've had women in the past where they'll say, you don't have to open the door for me. And I'm, you know, all I do is say, okay. And right then and there, I already know that person has lost me. Or when a person say, well, you know, I don't really pray like the way you do. And like I said, let me make sure we straight now. I'm not, I am not a religious person. I really do a lot of things really because, you know, I have a, I have a mother that is to me, the epitome of Christianity and her upbringing of me, it, it rubbed off, you know, I know she's probably like somewhere like really, but, but the thing is, these are the things that I just believe in. I believe, I believe in the power of prayer before I step out every day. I pray before I go to bed. When I wake up, if I put a Snickers in my mouth, I pray over it. If I pop a can of soda, I'm gonna pray over it. That's just, that's just me. I talk to God constantly throughout the day. But if you're with a person that don't have that mindset, they're not a match. And, you know, if a person says, you know, hey, I like that. I would like to see where this can go. OK, I'm, I'm open with that. But when a person say, you know, that's just not me. Or when a person say, you don't have to open the door for me. You don't have to do this for me. You don't have to look out for me. That see, because to me, that's my definition of being a man. When a woman or female tells me that they don't want me to do those things, you're telling me not to be a man. And speaking for myself, I work hard at being a man. I pride myself in regards to being a man. I pride myself in regards to being a gentleman. So when I see people sit there and are listening to people like Derek Jackson and all the things that he claimed to be, it, you know, I, I feel sorry for those people because these individuals that people like Derek Jackson, Steve Harvey go after, these people in their own way, they're broken. These individuals pretty much, they're just so desperately looking. And the sad part is that a lot of people are like, oh, they're going to fall. They're going to fall off the wayside. And I try to tell people, no, they're not. Because they're going to be people, mostly women. They're going to be people that will not admit 
that any decision that they made based on the advice that they got from him. If they made if they made a, a change in their life based on this, they're not going to go back and say, well, I ended this relationship because Derek Jackson said I should. They're not going to go back. They're going to try to look for redemption on his behalf so that they can justify to keep following him. And it's, you know, it's sad because the thing is, these people are following individuals that they can get the answers for themselves. That's just, like I said, that's my two cents in regards to that situation. But anyhow, we're going to wrap this up. As always, if you like what you heard, if you agree with it, disagree with it, I would love to hear all your comments. Um, please join my Facebook page. Um, same title. There's a system to this madness. Again, I express different views, opinions. A lot of the stuff that I talk about is pretty much um, already posted. You can follow me on Instagram. There's a system to this madness. I'm on Twitter. Same thing. There's a system to this madness. Until next time, be safe because COVID is still out there. I see a lot of people starting to let their guards down. COVID is still out there. Stay masked up. Keep the distancing. Just be careful. Until then, I'll see y'all next week. God bless. Take care. All right, guys, thanks for listening to There's a System to This Madness podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe. To continue the discussion that we had today, make sure to check out our Facebook page. See y'all next week.